Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. And this episode is going to be full of so much treasure. Whether you are a public school teacher, private school teacher, whether you are a micro school teacher, or if you are a homeschool mama, maybe you are even tutoring and want to incorporate more of an authentic way of learning, celebrating success, and building relationships with students this episode is for you. I'm going to talk to you about game schooling, a new and fun way. Actually, I wouldn't even say that it's new, but it's new for me, that's for sure. And I'm excited to embrace this part of our micro school. I'm going to share with you how I'm going to start the year with game schooling, why game schooling is so critical, and how it can help anyone, no matter where they are in their teaching journey, in an effort to really pour into children and to give them a great start in collaborating, problem solving, meeting their needs in certain subject areas, and also giving them a challenge. So let's get into it. Today's episode of Game Schooling. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. If you were able to listen to last week's episode, this episode was full of ways to start your micro school, your homeschool this year using the four R's, which are routines, relationships, rituals, and real fun. Those were the four R's that I discussed in the last episode, and I really gave you some tangible examples. In today's episode, I want to go into how game schooling can help in each of those four areas with building routines, building relationships, build, building in rituals, and also just being real fun, right? Now, if you're not a part of our Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Facebook group, please head on over there. That is Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Business. That's on Facebook. We would love to have you in our group so that you can share your wonderful resources and gain more insight into building a micro school. Or even if you're a homeschool mom, we would love for you to join us so that you can get really great insight as well. Now, in discussing game schooling, I want to share with you that this is going to be something that is new for me this year and new for our school Yes, we have a lot of fun. Yes, we do tons of outdoor experiences, hands-on learning, project-based learning, field trips. But this is an area that I really wanted to cultivate more because I know that it works in my own family as well. And to be honest with you, 
I have gotten away from it, even in my own family, playing games. And it's so beautiful to see a family come together through a board game, through Candyland, no matter what age they are. It is just so great at encouraging sportsmanship and learning how to win and learning how to win fairly and learning how to win humbly and how to lose and how to challenge yourself and what happens when you don't get what you want or you skip a turn and all of the beautiful things that are sometimes hard for kids. And I definitely needed to start incorporating this into my own family because my daughters are four years apart. They're at different stages in their life. One is in high school, one is going into fifth grade, and we need something where they can come together. They have different needs. They have different interests. One loves volleyball. One loves soccer. One is quiet. One is very talkative. One is shy. One is outgoing. And it's like, how can I bring them together over something that we can all enjoy? You know, it's great to go to one child soccer game, but that serves the needs of one. It's great to go play volleyball with the daughter in the front yard, but that only serves the needs of one. But when you can gather together, mm, so good because mom, dad, and the kids get to enjoy. So as I was exploring this in my own family, I thought I've heard of game schooling before and I'd like to have more games in our school as a part of our real fun section. And I also know that this is going to take some work for me because I am not used to having games in a classroom, especially in public school. You better believe it was like the last two days of school that kids could bring in games or maybe the day before winter break. But to just start off the school year playing games, I mean, not unless it was STEM, not unless it was high rigor, not unless it was asking questions, not unless it was the scientific process. Now we can just play games. And you know what's really beautiful about games is that a lot of families don't play them. And today, I want to talk to you about game schooling because, guys, listen, I know that homeschooling, I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes homeschooling or sometimes micro-schooling or doing anything that's different against the grain can kind of make others who are not a part of it question, like, oh gosh, is that just a bunch of fluff? Or what do you really do all day? Or whatever stigmatism people have of, homeschooling or micro schools or alternative education. But here's the truth. We know. We know what we do all day. We know that we're pouring into our children. We know that we are giving the best that we can because at the end of the day, we are the ones responsible. Not the school system. Not the third grade teacher. Not the fifth grade teacher. It's very easy to deflect and put blame on others when our children are not progressing or doing what they should be doing at their age level or whatever it may possibly be. It's easy to deflect, but not in homeschooling. Not when you have your own school because it's your responsibility. And I know that each of you are listening to this. You take this to heart. And I believe that we truly need to embrace a different way of thinking about how children learn and not just learn academically, but learn how to be good citizens, learn how to be good teammates. Now, in today's episode, let's get into exactly what game schooling is. Well, I will let you know that it is a term whose origin really cannot be traced, but I do know that it has been around for a while, just like homeschooling, road schooling, unschooling. There's a lot out there about schooling, and game schooling is really just 
truly been recently popularized into the homeschool culture by a lady named Caitlin Fitzpatrick Curley. She is an educational psychologist and a homeschooling mama of gifted kiddos. And you can look at her website called My Little Poppies. She has blown up the world of game schooling. And I'm not saying that she's the one who came up with it or it originated from her, but she is a stellar resource. So you can head on over to My Little Poppies. It is a blog that is a true treasure. You can go to it for so many resources. So in the homeschool community or the micro school community, game schooling means to use tabletop games like board games, card games in a very intentional way as a part of your culture, your educational philosophy, and rather than just playing games occasionally just for fun, game schooling families really see them as essential into their homeschool daily or weekly agenda for a variety of reasons. And it can even be a part of your micro school. It could be a center that you put in an area of your school or in your homeschool house where that is a part of their daily rotation is to actually go and play a game. Or it may not be every day. It might be once a week. It could be a Friday. It could be a Monday to start off your week where the children get to collaborate and ease into their week. But it is really, really powerful from what I have read and what I have seen in my own family. And I have had days last year and the year before in our homeschool, in our micro school, I had days where we did break out the games. And I'm telling you, there was so much laughter. There was so much excitement and teamwork. We didn't have an issue. And I know that there's going to be come times where someone doesn't get their way or they don't get to pick little princess or the same, the right little pawn for Candyland. But whatever it is, they're going to get over it because these are little trials in life that we all have to get over. But if we don't give them situations where they can actually persevere and learn how to cope when something doesn't go their way, we're winning. Hashtag winning, right? So let's talk about the why and let's talk about how and what you can use for game schooling. Why did I choose to game school? And yours might be a little bit different, but I'm choosing to game school because they're fun. And that's a part of the four pillars of how I run my school. Routines, rituals, relationships, and they're real fun. They also create a very positive culture, which goes into our relationship building. They also are very great at exercising our brain. And that goes into the routines and it goes into being able to have a lot of fun while you are also building your brain. This is serious. I'm not just joking around about it. We literally know that puzzling over strategies, watching opponents and team members figure things out, what to do next, what your goal is, problem solving, logical thought processes, and so much more are a part of having good games that exercise a child's brain. Also, it builds interpersonal skills, graciously winning, losing, discussing ideas, which goes into relationships, and games will actually teach things. 
Yes, they actually do. I have so many board games for multiplication, division. I have board games for the life board game. Oh my gosh, the kids are going to love that because that's real life. So just imagine a child being able to play the game of life for 45 minutes and the math that's involved and the decision making that's involved that can be truly applied to their real life scenario. And the truth is, guys, they're just things that children will love and love them joyfully and be the most remembered. I don't think I need to really explain that. No, it's just that great. Now you're probably wondering, well, how will I game school? And there's no right or wrong answer to this, but I will share with you my strategy. I'm going to use the first week of school running small groups of students doing self-portraits and students being able to do all about me sections and we'll also in their little planner we'll also be setting up our planner we'll also be doing routines and rituals which i talked about in the past episode but we're also going to have several moments where the children get to play games or it will be a station rotation where the students will be able to go onto the back porch as a part of their station and play a board game with the group that they are traveling around in centers with. You could also do this at your kitchen table. You could do it at the park. You could do it after lunch. You can do it to start off your morning. And it doesn't always have to be a board game. There can be other games as well. Let me just insert that. But I'm specifically talking about cards and games that you can play on a tabletop. But there are so much more that you can do even just outside. Dodgeball, lacrosse, PE games, you know. There's a plethora out there, and that is what we're going to be doing during our breaks, too. We're going to have some fun outdoor games of hopscotch and jump rope and basketball and some competitive games and kickball and dodgeball. But for the most part, we live in Florida. It's super hot. That's not going to be an all-day gig. So when we're inside and we're working with small groups, we know that children want to feel safe. So as we are building relationships with them, they can also move to the side and play a game with a friend. Now, personally, we are not going to be doing formal work the first four days of school. We start on a Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're not going to do a lot of formal work. We're not breaking out the textbooks. Children will have books and hands reading. They will be doing their planner. We will be doing writing in a journal. But it's just going to be light and fun. And it's really going to be a great snapshot, informal assessment of the students behaviorally, socially, emotionally, and also academically. But we're also going to have at least two to four games a day, those first four games of tabletop games, and then be able to also play games outside. But remember, we're also working on routines and rituals. Then the following week, as I slowly introduce one subject at a time, then we will also end the day with some games as well. This is actually a very great way for you to end your school day. As long as you know that you're going to provide the children with time to clean up, we get back from the park at around 2.15 and we have about an hour left before the students walk outside to meet their families. So from 2.15 when the students arrive back at our school, they are washing their hands, they are reading books, they're relaxing. We've got calm music on. It's just a very beautiful, calming experience. But if they want to, as we're preparing for snack and celebrations and shout outs and getting their items ready for the end of the day, or even just being able to play a game before we start cleaning up, 
we're going to allow them that opportunity. Now, we also have to make sure that we have enough time to clean up. That's most important because, you know, children, they may be dead set in the middle of a game and then it's time to clean up and they're disappointed and oh no. So, hey, but listen, that's a part of life. That's a part of life that times are going to be where they're involved in something and we have to interrupt them and they have to be okay with it. But game schooling is a wonderful way to start off your school year. I also choose to do this at least a couple days out of the week at the end of the day. That's an option for the students unless they want to read or they want to color or they want to work on a project. It's going to be a very light last hour of the day. I also am going to make sure that on Fridays they know once their work has been completed for the week, they get to play games. And this is going to be a choice that they get to have whether or not they want to work on a passion project or if they want to play a game. But I want to make sure that we do have a game table out and ready for the students on Fridays. That's a very great incentive for them to work towards getting their assignments completed, feeling as if they have worked super hard because we know that as adults, we don't want Fridays to be a heavy load. It's the least productive day of the week. And that's research-based. So for our kids to be able to finish up the work that they didn't complete for the week, be able to end strong and play a game with their friends collaboratively, icing on the cake. I have planned that for the first 20 days of school, which will take us to the very first day after Labor Day, the students will be able to play quite a few games the first week and several the second week. And then the third and the fourth week, they will be able to have an experience playing games at least twice to three times a week. After the first 20 days, I feel as if it is very appropriate to keep a game center out and allow the children the choice to play with that throughout the week or keep it for Friday being game day. I definitely want to share with you that I went on Amazon and I was able to get so many great classic games. You may want to ask your friends, your family members, and even ask your own children what games that they really enjoy or that they've seen at their friend's house that you don't have in your own collection. I think that it's also very advantageous to think about academic games and to think about escape rooms that you can purchase online through the Teachers Pay Teacher stores depending on your child's age level. Having one game be a focus for the week and play it each day is another way to keep it very manageable and also keep it very fresh. Let's just say there's the Connect Four table, and that's the one game that stays out all week. And then each Monday, you put a new game out, and it really keeps things to be exciting. You can also use a game to start or conclude a lesson to introduce or reinforce an idea or concept. You can use games as quizzes. We have a really great multiplication and division game. It is adorable. We got it off Amazon. It's called Pet Me. It's so cute. It's a logic game, a multiplication and division. It's for five to nine years old. It's an easy start to STEM and the students get to own and take care of a pet. Adorable. I'm also, like I said, using card games such as Old Maid and then they have Uno, Go Fish, Crazy Eights, Memory, We're going to be using headbands, which is a really great resource for building vocabulary. Candyland. There is a really fun game for students to guess 
an animal in 10 seconds and that will help with their reasoning skills, science, and also their vocabulary. We're doing Race Across the USA. That's for states and capitals. We even have a game to play outside at recess. Recess, It's find and seek, and it's a card game, and they take the card out, and they have to go around the park and find something fuzzy, find something pointy, find something red, find something blue. And that's just a really fun way to engage children if they are having a hard time figuring out what they want to play during break time. Connect Four, Sorry, Trouble, those are all great classic games. And then, of course, I would definitely look into different websites and on Pinterest for academic games that you can use to really reinforce what it is that you are studying. I hope that this has helped you and inspired you to go and incorporate some real fun, engaging tools into your homeschool or your micro school and allow the students to learn in a different way and with a different set of problem solving skills. Head on over into the Facebook group, start your micro school or homeschooling business, and tell us what your favorite games are. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way. Because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.